Hey, what's up guys? I know you guys are still holed up in there and you're holding steady, you're holding strong. We're gonna get through it. It's a weirdo time. It's the weirdest time of our lives and that's okay, all right? I'll tell you, first and foremost, um, thoughts, prayers, wishes, well wishes um, to the family of Mr. John Prine. Um, just one of the best songwriters of all time and uh, wanted to acknowledge uh, his passing. So, you know, just people, everybody's got an opinion about this thing right now, but people do lose people to it, and it's, um, that's real. That's as real as it gets. So, um, just, let's just do what we're supposed to do, and uh, enough on that. Today's guest, okay, uh, this guy, he's got a great story. Great struggle well story. I spoke with Daniel Womack of the Future Birds, the American rock band. They've been around about 10 years now, and gosh, they got some really just good, just slow jamming, feeling good, just rock and roll songs, all right? If you're not familiar with their catalog, stop this, go listen to their stuff, and then come on back because you need to understand, and, and the story behind it, I think we, we probably think about rock and roll, rock and rollers, rock stars, as uh, just this incredible lifestyle, do whatever you want, it's a party all the time, and all that sort of thing, and not so much. Especially now, in this day and age, with streaming music, uh, which we get into, and, and just the hustle that it takes to be a rock band and pay your bills, playing music um really cool stuff really inspiring you're going to enjoy it um when we get into this a couple announcements we got new stuff when i say new stuff a bunch of new stuff dropping all right new shirts uh and here's how we're going to do it okay we'll put everything up all right and then it is made to order it's a 14 day turnaround so we're gonna we're gonna put that up. You got hey, you got one week to order, and then boom, we, you you send your stuff in. We make it for you. We send it to you. You expect it in the 14 days after you ordered it, and boom, it goes right to you. All right, uh, some really really cool stuff that uh, we can't wait to get out to you guys to launch and show the world what we've been working on. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I hope that you're finding this time to, uh, to learn, to expand your mind, to question some things, to watch some interesting stuff, to pay attention to some art that you didn't have time for. I hope that your amount of distraction is slowing down and you're able to think maybe clearly there for a moment, all right? Uh, and, and so, turn it up, sit back, Go for a drive, stay away from people, put it on in the backyard, throw some burgers on the grill, whatever it is, and enjoy this episode of the Man Child Podcast with our guest, Daniel Womack of Future Birds. Here we go. What you know about me? It's been a while. Welcome back or welcome to the Man Child Podcast. Super jacked up about our guest today, Daniel Womack, member of the Future Birds, the American rock band. Uh, yeah. Super jacked up. Thanks for being on this, man. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to be here. Well, okay. So you are in Athens, Georgia? Um, I'm actually currently in Savannah, Georgia. So. When I'm off the road, this is where I live these days. So. Okay, Savannah's a cool town. I I never did the ghost tours, but I've stopped Good Foods, Good Eats in Savannah. Um, oh yeah. So I've you, also done a ghost tour, and it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? So I've actually done a ghost tour, and yeah, it's pretty creepy. We got a haunted town down here. Did you do the awesome. Did you do the trolley one, or did you walk around with like the Dickens era characters? Which one did you do? 
I did the walk around one where you kind of bar hop. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. You, you know, you go to the cemetery and you go through all these little kind of spots, local spots that are kind of known to be haunted. And then you stop off at different pubs and just have a beer and then keep going. Yeah. It's pretty fun. You know, I mean, you know, it's a tourist thing, but I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun though. Right on. Right on. Yeah. Do you do the, uh, what's her name? Paula Dean. Do you do her restaurant there? You know, I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't actually. And she just opened one not far from where I live, but I still have not even checked it out yet, man. You know, honestly, I need to. I should. All right. We've derailed in a hurry here. I'm talking about Paula Dean and ghost tours. This is not the point here. All right. So (laughs) if we don't, if you don't know, or you've been living under a rock and we don't know who the future birds are, what do we need to know? Um, we're a, an American rock and roll band that's been around for a little over a decade. We've um, got our start in Athens, Georgia in 2009. We just released our fourth record, full-length record called Teamwork on our own label called VL4L Records. Um, we were on a big tour uh, going out on a ski tour, actually, going out west to all the mountain towns. We do it every year. And uh, we were on night one of that out in Telluride, Colorado, when the quarantine took effect and we had to cancel the whole tour. So oh. we're all just kind of back at our respective places uh, of rest <laughs> when we're off the road. Like some of us are in Nashville, Atlanta, and I'm in Savannah. So we're just kind of, you know, Right now, at the moment, we're just kind of trying to navigate these turbulent waters that everyone's in and figure out the best way to handle all this stuff. You know, it's kind of what we're doing right now. Man, I didn't know that you guys had already left on tour. Yeah, man. We had, uh, gosh, it was the first night. We had just driven all the way to Colorado over a few days, and uh, things were heating up. And we honestly probably, I mean, it was that second show maybe even should have been canceled, but it was like night one when all the quarantine stuff started happening in various places. And, uh, by night two and tell you out, it was just, uh, it was clear that the whole tour was going to be canceled. We were super bummed, but you know, it's for the best. Of course, we don't want to be, I mean, the last thing you want to do is be touring from state to state during a global pandemic. So, you know, we're, we're fine with, uh, <laughs> with getting yeah. off the road. It's just unfortunate, but it's unfortunate for everyone. You know, it's like, yeah. we're not yeah. more affected. So, well, that had to be a bizarre, surreal ride home in the van. You're you got your mind set out for however many weeks and all these different dates and all these different places you're about to hit, and then okay, we got to go back. So yeah, more. it was a, it was it was a big bummer, man. We had a tail tucked, and I mean, it was a weird feeling because we didn't know because we had been in Aspen, and and the day after we were in Aspen, we heard that Aspen was like the ground zero for Colorado. And, uh, and so we were all paranoid and with the incubation period being up to 14 days, we was just, a, it was a pretty, uh, I mean, bleak, uh, van ride back East, man. It was really a bummer, but we're all healthy. Actually, our, our drummer Chez actually got tested for coronavirus and, um, he came up negative all of our relief, but I kind of yeah. figured out, well, you know, he had a slight cough and, so, I mean, I, I, I was thinking, oh, everybody's freaking oh, out, thinking the we were all paranoid. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, my goodness. We're all healthy and alive, so it's good. All right. So, here's I think that your job, right? You make music for a living. And yep. if you think of, if someone said, what's the, you know, what's the coolest, what's the sexiest, uh, profession there is you know it's it's probably rock and roll it's i mean even if you know i saw an interview brad pitt did and he was like i wanted to play music but i wasn't cool enough so i became an actor it's like even even the you know the coolest guys in hollywood are like no it's the rock stars so man that is amazing (laughs) right but what i think is really and we just think that like oh it's just a party all of the time and these guys are always just doing whatever they want. And what a, what freedom. But one of the things, the whole point of this podcast is, and, and to struggle well is to kind of pull the curtain back and look, there's a lot more work to this than people think. And that, yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to get into with you today. So tell me about what, you know, what is it like? start to finish i mean you you mentioned earlier you make your own you've got your own record label now you're putting out your own stuff you're you from writing to touring to all of that 
I mean, that's a lot of hustle that people don't realize. Right, right, right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually talk about this uh, frequently when we're referencing the way the business is these days. And it's like, I think um, the, the rock stardom that like that, the definition of being a rock star, like 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, honestly, um, has dramatically changed, in my opinion. See, so you take an example like Keith Richards or Brian May or just, you know, anyone that's like, you know, the guitar god or whatever. There was a, there was associated with these rock stars of the past, like this sense of like mysticism, like, oh, what's this guy like? You know, like, oh, I bet he's into weird stuff. He's probably like, you know, what, or whatever it is. And that was a part of the charm and the appeal, I think, of a, of a rock star, you know, from back in the day. But today, it has dramatically changed. I would argue that it's the exact opposite because I think today with social media being the way that it is and communicating with each other being, you know, the way it is as direct and fast, you know, as fast as information travels these days, I think people are longing for more of a human connection with their idols and their, and you know, the people that they look up to or whatever. And uh, hmm. I think, I think I think it's totally switched to like the mysticism that was associated with rock stars of the past is now switched to more of a personal human connection. Like, oh, this guy's just like me. And it's awesome because I don't fancy myself a cool guy. And so it's a lot easier for me. It could be it could be a subconscious thing that, that I've kind of tricked myself into thinking to like make me more comfortable. But I really believe that has uh that the you know the it's shifted the industry has shifted the image of a rock star in that way you know because i mean you know we have obviously we have instagram it's direct consumer marketing yeah if you want to put a business term on it but i mean you know people just i think people appreciate seeing people in their element and seeing what they're up to off stage and there's so much value in it and uh and honestly, I prefer it that way for reasons that i've already mentioned <laughs> well that's very interesting that you bring that up because like now who shifted it because i you know i i can't imagine anybody wanted to see eddie van halen taking his kids out to the park but now we can see that on your instagram story and everybody's like oh it's so cool and they interact with you and that but did that come from it used to be that people wanted these guys like you said to be different than them so that they could live vicariously and you're exactly right that we now we we connect with people that we see are on the same path or journey that we are and that's a that's a that's a 180 degree turnaround how did that take place why did that take place in your opinion? well you you know, in my opinion, of course, I mean, it's uh, a lot of ways to look at it, but I think it's a, it's, it's a variety of reasons. One, just, just the technological shift that's happened over the past 10 years and the speed in which information travel. I mean, I mean, uh, we have Instagram and social media these days, and that has over time caused people to interact with each other differently. We actually spend less time talking with people with words almost than we do like through the internet. So I think in a, in a weird way, that's almost counterintuitive. Like the, 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 the thing that has helped us all connect so much easier and, and quickly has all has, has kind of served to kind of distance us in a weird way. So, yeah. I, so I, maybe, maybe it's a subconscious thing. People these days, maybe, or there's more of a longing for human interaction maybe, you know? And so uh, maybe that, that, that is a, plays into it as well you know it's just uh uh people just they feel less lonely or something right uh, which is which is why like can really explain the resurgence of the live show and why sure, yeah. people want to be at now from your guys's end it's it's part of survival now it used to be you lived off of record sales now you can't do that because of Spotify and Pandora and Apple Music and the amount of ways people can I you know and, and sometimes I feel really like I pay for Spotify and but I could listen to the teamwork album 13 times in a row today but you know but you're not right. getting paid like in the 90s when I went and bought your CD that's just not happening. Right. So you have right, to right. tour. You have to tour, but then exactly. we, but we have to go see the show because we need that connection. So that's a, it, we're we're in weird times in way totally. more ways than one. But it's weird. So totally, totally agree. And I'm glad you brought up Spotify because um, I want to make the point that of like 
it's a double-edged sword these days because Spotify for a band like us is extremely valuable because we're a small band and we don't have a big label pushing us, partly because we don't want one, but we don't have these people that have connections and money and that can put our name on billboards. So Spotify serves as a, as a, as a Spotify in a, in conjunction with Instagram and social media works as, as a, a very powerful marketing uh, point for the band because someone in in China can can hear Future Birds and have immediately have access to our entire catalog. See, there's value in that, mm-hmm. but uh, but see, um, the downside is that we don't get paid that you know fairly. But you know, we thankfully there are people that are on the front lines of it. David Israelite, the CEO of the NMPA, for instance, he's kind of the he's the the point man for for the artists. You know, he's on the side of the artist fighting right now. And the MMA, the Music Modernization Act, was passed. I think it was September 2019 or September 2018. It is brand new. It is brand new. And it reflects the changing industry. And it was a 44% increase in in, in artist royalties, which was like the biggest in history. So that was all great. It was very like, you know, hallelujah moment for all the especially yeah. artists in the world but you know then spotify apple and i think pretty sure google as well on march 9th of this year um they all went to court to counter it to to, to uh to try to get it reduced for some argument so you know and so it was that that the mma was supposed to the administrative uh body that was going to you know administer all of, that was in place for january 1st 2021 but it looks like probably that's probably going to be pushed back since Spotify and all these big billionaire companies are fighting it, you know? And I think that's the, uh, I mean, they're, they're fighting a hard battle, but at the same time, they've got so much money. They can extend this thing for probably years. So mm-hmm. it, it's unfortunate. And, and so it's like, Right. To be a band, to be an independent band our size, it sucks because we don't have enough clout to really uh, to really stand up against these people. I mean, Spotify has 14 stores in the World Trade Center. Like, I, we're just, I mean, what are we going to do? Go against it? Like, we don't want to get these guys on our bad side because they're such a powerful force in the music industry, you know? So it's like we kind of have to play ball at our level, which is uh, really kind of sucks, man, you know? But it's like as much as I want to, because I use Spotify too, and I've discovered some amazing music through it it's just an amazing platform it really is but the guy the guys that are running daniel eck and all those greedy they're just greedy a-holes you know i mean (laughs) it's just it's it's really unfortunate because i want to root for them but you know it's like the same time it's it's weird because we have to it's a double-edged sword you know it's like we have to play ball with it but at the same time they're the ones that are kind of screwing us but i mean but, you know, fortunate for a band like Future Birds, we enjoy touring and traveling and getting out and playing live shows. So for a band like us, we, we handle it okay, I like to think, you know. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, so, so we're, we're, we're kind of fortunate when it comes to that. But, uh, you know, that's kind of where we stand with the whole Spotify streaming thing. Well, you, so. you said earlier that you, you don't have a major label pushing you in front of everybody and, and you want it that way. Why do you want it that way? Well, because maybe, well, okay, so it's my opinion that labels are kind of a, a dying thing. See, this is something that the labels don't want you to hear. Of course, um, major labels are going to survive because they've got all this money and there's still a way to do it that way. But not for us because labels, for a small amount of money, they want pretty much your whole catalog. So so we, we were talking with different deals about releasing teamwork, talking to different people about it, and they wanted 50 60 70 percent of the ownership of our songs forever and you know we're, we're sitting back thinking okay so this is we feel this might this is what this is our strongest body of work we're all so so proud of it and we've been working so hard for so long and not making any hardly any success just to give it mostly away to this company or what that's going to just that's going to have it forever. It's just, it doesn't make any sense, you know? So, but the past couple of years, we've realized that that's another good thing about social media these days is that it affords independent people to exist on their own. If you know how to do it. So I spent about two years really super studying and I'm still am. So I have a lot to learn about how to, you know, how, what, what it means to like foster an online community and, and re and reinforce 
a, a brand and a community and, and, and the value and all that. So I would watch vlogs. I would just watch seminars. I mean, I studied so hard and tried to turn um, Futureverse fan base into a more like, you know, into a more engaged community. And, uh, and I think once we started shifting our perspective in that way, that's when things really started uh, working out better for us, you know. And so, I mean, I, I really think in two to three years, I think this is what I'm talking about is going to be kind of common knowledge. There's going to be a lot more bands that are trying to do it on their own. It's already happening now, actually. But uh, so, yeah, so, so I mean, so, I mean you, things that you can do, like so we started a big pre-order campaign to where we, you know, before we released our record, we, we, we uh, designed some cool merch and put together some exclusive packages and just pushed it to everyone. We weren't asking for money. We were just, you know, we were providing exclusive merch to, you know, and get people to buy it. And we raised uh, the, the same amount of money that we were hoping to get from a record label. So it worked out swimmingly. <laughs> we're like, wow. well, this now, now we own all of our, now we own our music. Of course, that means you've got a lot of work to do. A lot of business side management to have to take care of this and that emails, all this stuff that's usually taken care of by the administrative, whatever part of a, of a record label. But at the same time, why wouldn't you want that? Because you can't really trust anyone to do to handle your business the way that you want it to anyway. It's, so it's like, like going to it's like going to Shark Tank when you go to these guys. Basically. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you got to decide this thing, this baby that you've you've birthed and raised and poured your heart and soul and time and sacrificed your relationships for. And then you've right. basically got to give it away to for them to pimp it out is basically exactly. what's got to take exactly. place. And, wow. and then there's discrepancy about this guy. This uh, this suit is going to decide what song I should push as a single. Like, this guy's assuming that he understands, one, me and my music better than I do, and two, my fans better than I do. And that just doesn't really sit well with me. I'm like, and, and, and we had gone down that road in the past with the previous releases as well. It's like people wanted to release, oh, this one's the single, this one's the single. I was like, all right, well, y'all are the pros, whatever. But, you know, since then we've accrued a little bit of experience and learned a thing or two, and we're like, you know what? I think we know better about i think we know what we should do with our music better than these suits and, yeah. and these labels and so so uh i mean it's it's a good thing if, you, if, if you're ready to take on a whole lot of work it's a great thing you know it really is. how many how many members are in the band well we actually just um officially made our new pedestal player kissy he's an official member now and also, our new drummer Jeff is now an official member. So we're back to six-piece uh, band all the time now. So we started off as a six-piece way back in the day. So we're well, back at six four members of the band. The reason I ask is there. There's an extraordinary set of things that have to take place for you guys to even make the decisions that you've made so far. What I mean is, one is you have to put six incredibly talented musicians that can sit in the same room with each other and not have problems with each other number exactly. one, step one then two right. you guys actually have to be creative enough and and gel enough to make stuff that people want to hear and that is true and honest and it's stuff you want to put out and you don't mind playing every single night all of those things have to take place and then you guys all have to think the same way to make this incredibly not a gamble but just to say, all right, we're going to double down and bet on ourselves, and we're all down for this amount of hustle instead of somebody that comes along and says, hey, you know, if you just give us 70%, you don't have to do any of that. Like, if one of those members doesn't agree with the direction you guys are going, like, there's there's just, there's so much, there, and it's, it's interesting, there is so much teamwork in what you guys have to do to even, before you even play a show. And I think exactly. Yes, Very agreed. agreed. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and that, that is part of the reason we uh, we named the record Teamwork right there. That is because we we uh, you know we're aware of that. We're like, you know what? We've recorded this all over the place. We've got so many uh, hands in the making of this of this um, record, and we want to we want to give credit where it's due. This is this and this record is about teamwork, and we had just kind of started. Um, you know, reinforcing our online community as a bird fan, and we're like so proud of it all. It's like this is the year for this is the year of teamwork for future birds. So it just made sense to us, and uh, 
And uh, yeah, it gets tricky making decisions sometimes. And yeah, a lot of people don't think about the fact that's like, you know, you find a good drummer. We were out of a drummer for the longest for for a while. We we're out of a you know pedal steel player for a while. And it's like you you try these people out, and they may be good on stage, but ninety nine percent of the time spent on tour is off stage. You know, it's like you know yeah. you, you learn this person's eating habits, sleeping habits, how they do this and that. And it's like all the idiosyncrasies of what makes a person who they are. You have to be cool with all that, and comfortable. So it's a it's very tricky business, but. Uh, I, I can't like you like night one of a five week tour and you're sitting in the van with this guy and you're like, I hate this guy and I have to spend the next 70 days with this person. I'm going to, I'm going to kill myself. Like I can't, uh, like, hey, man, <laughs> I, I am, I am, we are fortunate enough to not know what that feeling is, yeah. but that's not, that's not to say that we don't get on each other's nerves. It's just humanly impossible to live up under other people for weeks at a time and not at least get frustrated, you know? But I mean, at the same time, like the, the core four of the, of the band, like me, Thomas Carter, B miles, we've been doing this and we're, we're like, we're like family. So we, a lot of times we don't have to even say anything. We just, in the morning time, I'll pick up Thomas's vibes. I'm like, all right, Thomas isn't in a good mood today. I'm just gonna, I know what not to say and this and that. So, I mean, <laughs> we know each other so well yeah. at this point. So it, it, it's, uh, it's worked itself out. You know, we know how to deal with each other by now, but and all that being said, I just want to say that if we, uh, the, uh, Kissy and Chez, I feel like if there was a music god and we were like, hey, will you just please design us the perfect pedal steel player and drummer on and off stage? He would have been, there you go. And it would have been Kissy and Chez. <laughs> it's like we really lucked out with the, with the, with the new members and um, we, just, we just adore them. <laughs> That's amazing. There's a yeah. film on your website that you guys made along and now did, did Haller Brothers produce it or, or how, how are they involved? with the film they they wanted to uh um team up because howler brothers um kind of existed as a band before they were uh, a, a clothing company it was right. called they were called wrinkle neck mules for a long time a great band oh yeah and and they eventually evolved and and kind of like created the howler brothers brand and carter and i were actually on an acoustic living room show uh our tour when future birds was off the road uh, a couple of years ago and we were in texas where, where howler brothers is from in austin and we we're like hey let's call it the howler brothers guys and see if we can just come by and hang out and meet them whatever you know and they're like yeah y'all come on by we'll throw you some discounts throw you some swag whatever and so we just got to talking to them they were like well our new band leon the third you know is this and they gave us a, a, a disc and we checked it out and we're like this is awesome like we should you know do something in the future with them and yeah. that kind of that kind of evolved into them coming along on the howling summer tour for some support and and howler brothers kind of presenting it for us and just kind of you know, just kind of a brand association campaign. It was yeah. just, uh, it was simple, but we just, they agreed to kind of help push us because they, you know, they're a big brand and they've got a lot of followers on Instagram and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. goes a long way these days. So, Absolutely. and we did their and it's, and it's, you know, mutual, you know, um, adoration for what each other's doing. So we just teamed up and it, it, it worked great, man. It was awesome. Well, and shamelessly, that's how I came to know about future birds, uh, was, sure, yeah. was through them. And, but the, the film itself, there's some really beautiful moments because it captures and it's called 10 years, correct? It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Future, birds, so, 10 years, future Birds 10 years on the road, I think. 10, 10 years right. on the road, which is, right. that's kind of something I want to get into. So touring, right. and it goes back to when people, when they, when, you know, that meme, you know, what people think I do, what I actually do, those types of things is like, <laughs> right. oh, you know, oh, he's on the road and, and people are selling insurance and they think, no, you guys did this for 10 years and and it's not k-rock la is not playing your songs every hour it's you're not swimming in a in a you know penthouse pool and it, right. because you made it and you blew up and it's just a big you know psychotic party now because you like 10 years of grinding away at this thing i think what what is um an astonishing feat is how do you deal with okay we're not exploding right now we're not we're not we don't have a ton of momentum that's reinforcing this initial hunch that we had that we can do this thing how do you not how do you fight off and ward off discouragement how do you how do you continue to just resiliently pursue this thing 
Man, there's there's a few reasons, you know. I guess I guess uh, just a, a strict passion for for and vision and belief in what we're doing and love for what we're doing would probably I would probably have to cite those things for the main reason. But uh, and also just that you know we're a competitive bunch and we didn't want to give in to that. We didn't want to be the, the guys that that had a band in college and it's go. I didn't want to, you know. It's just. We knew that we wanted to do this and make it work, and uh, we wanted to do something cool. And uh, and I guess um, just grit, man, and just you know perseverance, and just you got to stay focused. And uh, they that I mean, there were really dark times for sure in the ten years that we were grinding it out. I mean, that's part of the reason that was kind of where I wrote the song "Rodeo" from. Was just like at that point, which is a jam, an absolute jam. Start Thanks. there, folks. If you're gonna if you're going through the catalog, and that's my humble opinion, start there. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, you're good, man. I really appreciate that. But that is what I wrote "Rodeo" about. Essentially, was uh, was um, we had turned this thing that we loved into a rodeo, right? It was just crazy, chaotic uh, thing in a bull ring that we. Could, that we were kind of that we didn't really know how to maintain but it's like and at that point it was clear to us it's like it's either you go get a job or you buckle down and figure out how to make this work so we were like we're going to grab the bull by the horns and we're going to wrangle this thing into making it work for us so that's kind of where that came from you know and uh i mean it took some dang time but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. finally you know we're finally getting our heads above water man it feels good well, there's got to be. It's got to be one of the most rewarding things in the world. I think one of the probably the darkest is when your own loved ones try to talk you out of it. Has there been when you know in those times when you're like you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel? Did you have relationships try to be like, look, you know, you guys oh, tried yeah. and oh yeah, oh yeah, buddy, no doubt about that. Like because i mean we were you know pushing 26 25 26 27 like all of our friends at this point we're out of college our friends are like getting stable in their careers and us moving on to getting married and starting families and here we are still like sleeping on people's floors and like playing for free pretty much all over the place <laughs> I mean, it's like and you know i mean it's just it's hard to it's man looking back on it, i'm just honestly i sometimes i don't even know how the hell we did it sometimes like, yeah. honestly, like it's just it was it was hard but you know that kind of we we that in a way provided fuel for our fire you know we were like you know what we're gonna we're gonna do this this is what we want to do we started out to do this and this is what we're gonna freaking do so well you know. and i think that a lot so many people are like man i wish i could be Oh, you know, it must be nice to be that guy or whatever we try to say about a performer or an entertainer or a comedian or an actor. And it's like, well, the more than any of it, yes, there's talent. There's raw talent that it doesn't matter how much I go and sit in front of a microphone and sing my heart out. Nobody's going to ask me to tour, right? That's not going to happen. But what, what if there's plenty of really talented dudes that are sitting behind a desk because they didn't have the will to sleep on people's floors and play for free for, for the amount of time that you guys did. And there's a lot of, you know, there's, there's a lot of people in positions that are in the place of envy for other people, but for a long time they were in the place of pity for a lot of people or just, you know, or judgment or people thinking that, you know, these guys need to give it up and just get on with their lives and that. And so there's just the mental side of this stuff is fascinating to me of what you guys have to do. Now you, you, you know, in the, in the film you guys can watch, you, you, you're still doing it all right. You're, you're breakdown, you're set up, you're, it's not like you get to sit back in a green room and eat appetizers and then come out and, (laughs) <laughs> right right no we're, we're still very much doing all the legwork we're, we're uh we're driving the van we're loading in loading out selling merch all that stuff well to well, actually the ski tour that we just went on we actually did have a kid come out on the road with us that was going to sell merch for us so that was going to be a big help yeah. but you know he didn't get that opportunity obviously but uh but for the most part man all all the legwork is, is certainly done by us there's yeah it's just us in the van we drive all day play the show load in load out all that <laughs> one of the things yeah. in the film um you one of your band members carter king said been we've been touring for 10 years and i feel like we're just getting 
to the core of why we do this. Um, yep. Yep. That, that kind of stopped me. In my, what, what, do you, what does he mean by that? Like how do you, you know, he means he, what he means is that in a weird way, we, we, we emerged in our late twenties to this realization that, wait a minute, we, we, it was a shift in perspective is what it was. So it was like, man, like what I was talking about earlier, this is what people see, like that think of it, that we should quit. Like these guys are going around sleeping on floors, blah, blah. blah. And what we, we shifted that idea to the other side of the corners. Like, you know what? We get to sleep on people's floors in awesome fucking cities and go see walls and, and, and moose and fucking do what we love to do. Jump off a cliffs in the water and stuff and like that is what our pay is that is a, an essential part of our pay and why we set out to do this to begin with you know it's like no i've got i mean one of us was like yeah i'd learn how to play the guitar so we could adventure all the time you know it's just like uh, you know our equal passion is to adventure and get out in nature and do things like that and uh, there was a point a couple years ago a few years ago now i was i was looking back at our back catalog and i was thinking i was just like you know this doesn't really reflect I'm not sure if our catalog reflects who we are as people. Not to say I'm not proud of it or anything, because I'm very proud of it and it, and it exists as a as a timepiece of where we were as a band, you know. But um, but so we were, I was like, we are fun loving outdoorsy people. We should start reflecting that and and and, and let our fans know that. And and our songs should be should, should should be like that as well, you know. So um, it was just uh, and we realized that we we're really good at touring. We were like, man, we've been doing this for 10 years. We've got all these spots all over the country that we've figured out. And like, we're just going to start booking our tours at like around these fun activities that we do, you know, and make it work that way. And, uh, you know, it's like, that's when we kind of, we were getting to the core of why we do this. We were like, I mean, we're doing this because this is who we are and we love to do it. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to stop trying to adhere to these, like, uh, for, um, formalities of a touring band like oh you do this you do that it's like you can do whatever you whatever we want we can do whatever we want kind of thing you know so mm. once we, once we had that shift in perspective things started uh to to flow a lot a lot easier how did sure. that how did that realization take place i mean for a lot of it people was, that never happens so it was gradual over time it was gradual over time but i kind of had an epiphany one day i was like you know what like Cause I was listening, I, I was listening to hotel parties, and I was like, "This record, what I'm hearing, is a bunch of dudes kind of complaining about working hard, being on the road and stuff." I mean, that's not what the what hotel parties is about, but it's a bunch of you know, it's just kind of a it's kind of some letdown moments in there, you know, or, or it, it expresses that anyway, you know, in 27, even in rodeo, and so in Christmas drags especially, you know. Uh, you can float those quiet judgments on the thin smiles of regret is one of Carter's lines in Christmas Tracks, which I love that line. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, um, he's talking about being at a Christmas party and trying to explain to all these businessmen your way of life of traveling and being a, you know, a delinquent on the road, sleeping on the floors. And like, you know, it's like, yeah, you can float those quiet judgments on the thin smiles of regret when you report to your boss every day. Kind of, kind of was the idea. But so I was taking all that and I was like, you know what, this Though may however true it might be, it's like this really isn't us. Like we don't dwell on stuff like that. We're we're, we're a fun loving crew of dudes that are just friends, and like we should, you know, like we should have more fun. We're focusing on the wrong part of the business. We don't need to be focusing on the industry people or the record people or just yeah. whatever. We need yeah. to focus on ourselves and our and our fans, you know. And and uh, so that's when we broke down and, and went out to Portico and. To uh, to re to record what would eventually be Portico One and Portico Two EPs, and also um, some demos that would eventually make it onto Teamwork. And uh, during that session, it, um, we had the idea of going out there and just having fun, stripping down everything, not worrying about uh, fancy recording equipment. We've got our own little recording rig that we're going to take out there. And we're just going to focus on hanging out with each other, having fun, writing songs like what we used to do. And within the first five minutes that we were there during the session, all the members of the band hadn't even arrived yet. We were just, it was me, Thomas, and Carter. We were just jamming, and we wrote Only Here for Your Love within, like, the first five minutes. And we were all like, wow. oh, my God. It was like, wow. And then, and, then, and then that went on to kind of get a big kind of, like, iTunes push. And it was, like, next to, like, Lady Gaga's release on the front page of iTunes for, like, you know, like a couple <laughs> weeks or something like that. And we were like, oh, my God, like, 
we had this idea and, and it works. Like we're looking at it like this is a bigger release than hotel parties was for us. And we did it so cheap and we did it on our own. It was so much fun. So we, we and then we were like, man, I, I, we remember, I, we remember what we're doing this for. Yeah, it's, it's like, almost, yeah, it's like a sign, sign in the stars. Portico is a recording studio in Athens, Georgia, right outside of Athens, Georgia, right? Yeah, right. Well, it, it essentially is, is an Airbnb. Portico is a church that also has like a library, small library connected to it, a kitchen, some like bunk areas. They, uh, Lee Moody, the, the owner of it, is owned since the 90s, a great guy. He, he rents it, he and his wife rent it out for weddings all the time. And, but uh, we're kind of their, their their hometown band at this point. You know, it's super cheap. We call them up. We're like, hey, we're gonna come out for a week and do some recording. They're all they always love to have us. And it's out in um, North High Shoals, Georgia, which is right outside of Athens on the uh, Appalachian River, some a river. But yeah, so it's got canoes on the river. We just we can take a break and get on the canoe and uh, go down the river on canoes. It's just, it's a blast. It's, it's right up our alley. And that place is very special to us for that reason. It's because it was the place where we remembered who we were. <laughs> right. And that's, that's the point I'm making here is you guys, you're like, no, we need to get back to why we make music, why we're a band. What is it we, we play music for? And that was and then that came through and people, it resonated with people and it was your, your most popular, most successful release. It was when you let go of trying to be popular and trying to be successful, that's when it took off. I think there's, there's a big, exactly. big moral exactly. to that story. No doubt. Exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's such an easy thing. I think Sturgill Simpson in one of his songs on the, on his, uh, sailors record, it was like, you know, it's a lot. I can't remember the line, but he's like, I, I didn't realize how easy it was. You know, it's just, it's like, and I, well, I think to me, what he's saying is just like, he let go of all that stuff and just started being himself, you know? And I, and uh, I think he was talking about the, uh, what was the record before that with turtles on it? Anyway, I think turtles he was all the way down. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I think he yeah. was referencing that record because he said, we thought we were going to go. Uh, we thought this was the last record that we were going to make. So we just had fun. And it was like, boom, now you're, now you're huge. And so, so anyway, so that 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 statement actually resonated with me as well. You know, I was like, you know, I, I hear what he's saying. You know, it's like, you know, it's just guys, you got to be yourself, especially these days. It's uh, authenticity over perfection is 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 the way of today, in my opinion. So, well, anyway. you're exact. I heard someone say that, like, you know, in the the 18th century, portraits were a huge thing, right? If you had a lot of money. If you're if you were a, a um, you know a royalty or or a noble aristocrat, yeah, aristocrat, you get this huge portrait of yourself and you put it over the mantle and all that sort of stuff. And basically, that in a lot of ways is what Instagram is. It's people's aspirational identity, you know. Sure. And when every once in a while someone decides to say, "Hey, can I just be real with you here? This isn't working for me." And people, okay, and it, it's like collectively we can all exhale and just be like, "Oh, thank God, we don't have to pretend anymore," and you just enjoy it, you know. Yeah. And and that's yeah. really when you turn. When I listen to your music, it's I feel like I'm either I'm at a honky tonk and there's these guys having a great time, and and it's there's it's it's funky and it's a weird sound and it's just it's <laughs> raw and you're just. You're just, you awesome. guys are just doing what you're doing. And that's what I feel like is you're not pretending to just hit all the right and connect all the right, cross all the T's, dot all the I's so that everybody likes our song. And it's just, right, right. This, this is us, man. We're, we're from Athens, Georgia and we're, you know, we like certain things. It's going to be for some people. It won't be for other people. And here we are. And exactly. I really, and that's fine. That. <laughs> Yeah. And we want y'all to know that that's fine for you to be the same way or whatever, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's not even our mission necessarily, but it's just, you know, it's just, that's, you're correct. That is uh, just what we're going for right there. So, so tell me about, and, and I don't want to take much more of your time, but like when you, when you write, you know, um, are you, are you always looking through the lens of, your own life experiences or are you sometimes a, a, a storyteller and you're telling other people's stories? How do you decide it? I think the most in, uh, incredible thing is how do you come up with words 
that in, in one sentence or less, people can grab a hold of immediately. And then you also put it to a melody that people can hear and identify and enjoy all at the same time. Do you, I, I ser- like, This is just layman stupidity. I don't know anything about music. Do I, sure. if I'm, if you were to sit down and write a song, do you write the words first? Do you make the music first? Do you do it at the same time? What is it? How does it work? Well, it's uh, it happens in all different ways. If you are a songwriter like I am, which is one that has to work hard, but enjoys working hard at it. <laughs> For me, most of the time, I wake up, I play my guitar, I come up with a hundred riffs a day and, and melodies and hooks, and some of them stick and some of them get lost. And I mean, I, I record just snippets into my voice memos all day that range from three second ideas to me singing in the phone that sounds terrible, all the way up to like 20 minute jams. Just I've got like close to a thousand voice memos in my phone, just of all sorts of just different things. And um, um, like, do you really? Yeah, because yeah, people just that's another layer of like p- people have no idea how much work goes into this. stuff. Oh, man. I mean, well, you know, as a creator, as an artist, that is, I think, I think I could probably speak for everyone on this one. It's like you, you, you're constantly, constantly by default trying to create. And I, I wouldn't think of that as work. I think of that as just like that's what we enjoy doing. It's like that's just how our brains work. Like. I'm like, oh, I could use that in a song, and it's like, oh man, I'm working. It's just that's just how I think, you know. So, so, so I mean, if you, I mean, I guess technically I could say I'm writing songs 24 hours a day. <laughs> you know, I mean, even so like in my you're sleep. sitting at a you're sitting at a Chili's, and you guys order chips and salsa, and somebody says something funny, and you're like, hold on, you got to run to the bathroom and go record it on your phone real quick. Like, that is one that is one of the main places that happens. Exactly, <laughs> that, exactly that, exactly that scenario, and those are the best ones that come from your subconscious straight out of the blue when you're not thinking linear linearly and when it just kind of happens like that that's what you want right there <laughs> so there you know guys if you need a creative stroke of genius chilies yeah go to when, chilies we are, when we're allowed to get out of our houses again chilies. or olive garden or olive garden or olive that's garden. right you guys have a song about olive garden <laughs> i was right. listening to it yesterday and i'm like you're like the gift card that my sister got and i'm like dude that had to have actually happened to them because there's no way because and that's exactly how you end up with a gift card to olive garden is someone exactly yeah yeah that good. was carter yeah <laughs> carter's uh carter's sister is a doctor and she got for christmas or something one year a gift card <laughs> olive garden, she was like yeah i'm never taking my, my kids will never eat at olive garden and carter was like i'll take it and so it's a very, very true story, that one is. So that's an example of one where the words probably came about the same time as the melody, which, you know, to me, those are my favorite ones to write because those are the easiest ones to write because I kind of think in melodies, like I said, I, I'm playing my guitar and I've got this melody like of hums in my head. It's like, okay, what words do I want to put to it? And that just, but see, if you already have words and it's like you're not thinking too much about it, just start strumming and they come out, those are the best ones. Well, those are those are fun. <laughs> those are fun. Do you, you know. do you write a song? You're like, all right, or do, this is going to be a fast, upbeat rocker song. This is going to be a sad, slow feeling song, or does it just happen on its own? Man, it happens both ways. But I'll say that when we were at Portico, we had already written "Only Here for Your Love," this and that. The vibes were high. We were moving, and I was like, you know what? I want to write a freaking rock and roll song and I don't want to think too much about it. And however it happens, it's going to happen. And I wrote wear, wear it out right there in the library of the portico while they were recording some overdubs. I was, I was strumming wear it out in the, in the, uh, in, in the library of the portico. And, uh, yeah, I was strumming the chords and, and, and what would eventually become wear it out. And I was like, I just want a rock and roll song that isn't too smart. I just want it to just, be a dang let your hair down rock and roll simple yeah. that man i don't want to think too much about making the lyrics perfect i just want to just do it you know have a fun song so it happens like that as well sometimes you know for sure so let me ask you this like the song my broken arm um or broken arm how do you say it it's my broken arm. My broken yes. arms. Gotcha. Uh, the yep. the the decision like there's sometimes there's like there's got to be a bold decision like to just repeat over and over your money's no good and then it just like it's just almost like a like a trance like i'm listening to it and then i go and i'm like oh your money's no good and you just keep doing it over and over like how does this decision for a song like that because you know usually it's like okay we need three verses we need a bridge we need a chorus and you're just like no let's just 
let's do it like this. How does something like that take place? Yeah, well, I mean, well, Thomas actually, that was actually an interns song, a band called The Interns, which um, Thomas started. That was his band in college that Carter played in, and uh, as well as B Miles, our bass player. And uh, um, that was an intern song. And forever we talked about making it a Future Bird song. And uh, we finally, like, during the teamwork sessions, we were like, now is the time for, for My Broken Arm. So we changed it up a little bit. And uh, But we didn't want to work too hard on it. And it's just, it's a catchy chorus. And we didn't want to, I mean, we just wanted to, you know, that, that was pretty much it. We were like, this song's already written. Let's just, uh, let's cut this part and let's just go with it. So, I mean, it, that song had existed for like a decade before it was even recorded for, for, for teamwork. So that's amazing. I mean, yeah, that one was already kind of in our brains, you know, so how it was. So that's how he wrote it so long ago. And that's just kind of, kind of how it is, you know, and you guys, you've, you guys have done a lot of, a lot of living in those teams. <laughs> um, yeah. Traveling with the drive by truckers. You've had, grace you know grace potter you you you've you've done all of the uh, is are the the music festivals as miserable for the bands as they are the people that are at them and just melting hot all over <laughs> i can safely say not at all man the, the, <laughs> the, the festivals are that's where we shine for sure because it's outdoor everyone's there to have a good time everyone's it's like that's our bread and butter man is the festival scene that's one of the goals of that we had when we were first starting the band is like we're gonna freaking play bonnery one day and we're gonna play all these damn things one day we're gonna have a fucking great time doing it but you know but i actually the first time i even went to Bonnaroo or any festival I was playing in a band. So, I mean, I'd never even gone to like a big weekend festival before, before being in a band. So honestly, I'm kind of spoiled. And when yeah, we showed up, yeah, <laughs> when we showed up, when we showed up to Bonnaroo for the first time and rolled backstage, it was all great. But then I walked out to the gin pop area and saw the camping that was literally just like 180 degrees of just uh tent in this giant baking field. And I was like, I honestly don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> like, Right, yeah. the the portlets. Oh yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's just crazy, you know. And so, but hey, but on a, on a bright on a brighter note, I guess it's, it might be a good thing that Bonner is actually going to be in September this year. You know, so I mean, it's like people are going to be like, man, we should do it like we should do it this time of the year every year. Probably. Yeah, I never understood why they do that in Tennessee and just the raging heat. In, but it, in, uh, in a big old field in the middle of yeah, it's it's not the best timing on that one. So <laughs> they lucked out <laughs> this time. Oh man. Well, this has been really insightful for me is kind of just how creating and more specifically creating music works and the struggle that comes with it and the the willingness that you have to have to struggle to to make something yep. like, like this. So, obviously we t we hit on it when we when we first opened up. It's uh it's a bizarre time. You know, honestly, one of the first things I thought I, I, we, we we've all kind of acknowledged, you know, service industry, restaurant workers, waitresses, waiters, bartenders, people like that, because we can't go to these restaurants right now. But then I also thought about bands and musicians that, that, that make their lifeblood is to tour and to tour means people have to assemble and watch them. And you're not allowed to do that right now. So, and we don't know how long we have to do this. So what is it? How do, how do we still support our favorite bands? How do we support? Well, you know, buying merch is is would be the best, would be the most direct way to support a band, and that, and that goes for regular times when we're not in quarantine times. It's like if you want to support a band, a traveling band these days, buy their merch. You know, I mean, tell your friends about it, that type of thing. You know, just spread the love. But you know, during the quarantine, fortunately enough, these days we've got live streaming through Instagram. We've got platforms such as uh, Stage It that exists to allow musicians to host online shows and uh, have host ticketed events to online shows, which is really, which is really key. It's uh, like Stage It. You can you can set up a show. It's fifty minutes long. You you, you pre-sell tickets. You can. Uh, the fans can chat during the show during, uh, in real time. They can tip during the show. There's options uh, for you know rewarding your top supporters, so it incentivizes people to tip and uh, and show the support. Most of the time, people enjoy doing that anyway. You know, just because 
uh, they just enjoy, uh, you know, supporting their, their favorite artists or whatever. So, I mean, that, that kind of thing exists thankfully today and, and uh, is going to be a, a, a big player in these quarantine times for sure. It's already just exploding. You know, I mean, I think stage it was talking to the guy the other day, cause I've already done a stage it show and I was asking him a question about uh, some technical stuff. And he was like, uh, we're experiencing 10 times the volume that, that we're normally, that we normally experience with the quarantine going on. Cause like so many musicians are with that are out of tours and stuff. And I mean, they're just, they're flocking to these, to these live streaming sites to try to uh, make up the difference, you know? So, I mean, and it's actually working out really well because people are stuck in their homes and they need an outlet. And it's just, uh, it's really good for everyone, honestly. It's uh, very fortunate to have those things today, for sure. One of my buddies said last week that this whole thing that's going to happen is... uh, we're gonna we're gonna realize and the the illusion that we're all individuals and we don't need anybody else is gonna go away, right? And, Absolutely. And it's yeah. and it's just kind of poetic justice. You guys have a uh, an album that just came out and it's called Teamwork because you made that realization and and it helped you put out some of your best work and now like we you guys you need the listener and the listener needs you. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's amazing how we're coming up with ways to still be connected, even though we're not allowed to be near each other. And I, and I hope that there's some there's some beautiful moments like that that come that bleed through really a, a, a terrible or scary time that we we this is an important piece of humanity. The the yes. interaction, the transaction that we have between someone that that lived this song and put it to paper and put it to album and now is playing it to you live and is interacting with you and you are there to see it you know maybe we'll we'll look at our phones a little less and a little and and be a little bit more captivated and look at the stage and 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 honor each other a little bit more because you know this is a reminder of uh that we we need that part it's just like food right. and water we need that kind exactly. of interaction exactly i'm uh yeah yeah that's a that's a great point that i'm glad you brought up um i think it's easy to take something like music for granted uh but then you know i think um, uh, uh, this this quarantine and this virus is going to teach us a lot i believe like like you said it's gonna you know the virus is not discriminating who what you are how you vote whatever it's like it's bringing every it's, it's reminding people of the important things i believe and it's also um, showcase the fact that music is uh, is an important commodity. Just like, just I mean, it's important. It's just as important as medicine, in my opinion, and it's just as important as oil and gas, even in my opinion. Yeah. So it's like, and you know, and it's easy to let something like that go when it's not, especially when it's not tangible. Uh, when 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 the economy is doing great, when people whatever, you know, it's like it's easy to take for granted. But in times like now, it just kind of it, it kind of proves to um, you know, it, it proves to be a reminder as to how as to how important uh, connection, music, all that stuff is. You know, so, so I think it's a, I think that would be this. I think that would be the silver lining of this quarantine yeah, and this virus. It's like it's reminding people that you know what's important. So yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, so there's a there's a wonderful piece Rolling Stone did about you guys that they that people can read on the Rolling Stone website. Is this correct? I'm that is correct. Yeah. Okay. And they just search Future Birds on the website. Uh, your your yeah. your website your web address is futurebirdsmusic.com. Futurebirdsmusic.com. We can find correct. you on all music platforms. Exactly. Yeah. Find us on the Google. You can find us on Spotify everywhere and uh, find us on Instagram. It's just future birds. And uh, we, we stay pretty active on social media. Y'all, you know, follow along and see what we're up to. Okay. Um, yeah. What uh, now? Look, I'm in I'm based out of West Virginia. You guys are big outdoors guys. When when this is all settles down and the and the dust settles, you guys got to You got to come to West. We'll all go rafting. We'll, we'll go smallmouth fishing, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah, know. man, that that sounds great. We'd love to. It'd be amazing. Dude, exactly. You what we book you, book you the mountain stage up there in uh, in Charleston. That's all you got to do. Yeah, so. that'd be great. That that'd be that'd be fantastic. <laughs> got to get, get. That's it. I'm starting the campaign now. Future birds. 
to West Virginia in 2020 at some point. <laughs> so Love it, it. Put it on. Hey, Daniel, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate oh, your yeah, insight. My pleasure. Very generous of you. All right. Thank yeah, you, Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, y'all take care. Will do. Thank you very much. Have a great day. So there you have it. Daniel Womack, the future birds. What a cool story. What a cool American rock and roll story. Um, support him. And he, and he told you how you could do that. Buy some merchandise. Go buy an album. Buy a, buy a, be really hipster and buy some vinyl. Right? Everybody love, hipsters love to talk about vinyl. Okay? Um, thank you, as always, to Mr. David Lessing, creator and performer of the Manchild Jingle, if you will, our engineer, our, our website guy, our posting all of technological uh, things that are Manchild Creations, Mr. Patrick Davis. Um, and uh, guys, if you like what you heard, if you like what's going on, give us a give us a a, a star rating. We prefer the, the the furthest star to the right, and that helps get this stuff the word spread out. Share it, man. Send it out. Tell people you're listening. Tell people what's going on, and jump on the movement. Let's grow it. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Manchild Podcast.